When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess. For elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Frank Miliarelli's live music career, either solo or with his band The Dirt Nappers, has mostly been from the Americana folk rock genre. His latest album is unique to say the least. We're Not Kidding Around features eight rock and roll songs based on eight great children's books like Go Dog Go, my favorite, and Mike Mulligan and His Steam Shovel, just to name a few. Frank joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about this record and his musical career. Good afternoon, Frank. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk with us today about your career and um, got a new record we want to talk about here shortly. Um, you're in New York, right? Yeah, about 90 miles north of New York City. It was used to work out of the city, but now just kind of, you know, over the past year or two, obviously people were like looking to move and relocate, and uh, we ended up about 90 miles north in a town called Red Hook. Okay, cool. So... Is that um, that move just for uh, peace of mind? Is there music there? Is it is it both? Well, actually, yeah. There's a, there's a pretty good music scene happening in the Hudson Valley, um, okay. which is amazing. I mean, we're about 15 miles east of Woodstock. Ah, um, cool. And even even though Woodstock didn't happen in Woodstock, um, right. they're just <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it is amazing I mean, what they've built up 
you know, off of that name, I'm but, sure. um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there's just, you know, a ton of clubs, a ton of, um, like really just great little bars you could play in and, uh, really good radio, um, really good independent radio, um, oh, awesome. across the Valley, a couple yeah. of stations that are totally like free form and open to, uh, especially Americana music. So okay. it's a, it's a good place to be. Yeah. Um, that's cool. You know, playing. Yeah. It's great. Is, uh, New York, your your home been your home for your whole life? Did you go yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I spent a little time in Michigan. When I was going to school years and years ago, but um, pretty much been on the East Coast most of my life. Okay, yeah, New York City kid. What inspired you as a kid musically? Um, wow, that, that that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> you know, um, there, there's a great Billy Falcon tune. I don't know if you're familiar with Billy, but he's a, a songwriter rock and roller off of long island um who who came up with this line we were all vaccinated with a phonograph needle i can't stop shaking i still want to be a beetle um and (laughs) not which is you know yeah it kind of says it all i mean you know growing up in the in the 60s and the 70s with you know rock and roll especially in new york it was there was a lot happening and there was just a certain amount of openness and um you know i remember as a kid you know watching the ed sullivan show mm. my mother um would like throw us monkeys records you know because wow. that was you know rock and roll and um we just i just kind of always grew up with that kind of stuff yeah, and, yeah. and that was like a major influence on what was going on yeah you know, I, I told someone that you know i used to i had this sony transistor radio i used to keep under my pillow and just listen at night you uh-huh. know to, that's cool you know the the rock and roll stations and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I, you know, got the bug, I think. Do you re- recall when it moved from the transistor radio to instrument in hand and singing and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, instrument in hand was actually anything we could grab that shit was shaped like a guitar. So it started <laughs> back then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I was about 12 or 13. I actually, um, my father had bought a guitar for me i don't know why it was just there in the house and uh i just started picking it up and trying to play i think the first thing i learned how to figure out was uh i think it was something the beatles tune on like one string you know just playing it and uh we had this mel bay chord book and i just all of a sudden realized that oh these three chords fit in that song i can play with you know another song and another song and it just you know so, you know, self-taught, took piano lessons, took a few guitar lessons over the years. But, um, yeah, so I've been playing pretty much most of my life. When did it so, become professional? Um, where, where I actually got paid for making music? Wow, that's a um, – well, there's two tracks on that one. There's the, the band aspect, which, you know, I always played in bands. And, you know, even up through my 20s, I was playing in these, like, frat rock bands. Yeah, I used to, yeah. you know – you know play whatever parties you could but um then you know i landed a gig at a uh, educational publisher um that this was just like when the whole multimedia cd-rom thing was happening Uh and they um you know we were sitting there at a design meeting this was actually design games for kids and someone said well well we need music for this and uh, i said oh okay i'll write you know we need a song for this game or whatever so Yeah, yeah, and so I started actually writing music and became like the house writer for this publishing company and then just started, you know, doing jingles and everything else. So, um, you know, in addition to just songwriting, it was, you know, writing for, you know, 
video games, writing for commercial jingles, stuff like that. So it was cool. When did it? When did songwriting uh, outside of that become something that you wanted to pursue? You know, the lyrically putting the song together with the music and and actually getting to play that, you know, on records in front of people. Yeah, I mean, I always did that when I was, you know, with bands. We always tried to do original stuff, okay. and I would end up like writing um, songs, especially. I remember I was out in Michigan for about four years and there were all these battles of the band kind of thing. And they were always looking for like bands that had original songs. So we're like, Oh God, we got to write a song. So I would like, you know, <laughs> quick, you know, quickly bang something out. But then, uh, you know, I mean, I really literally went and off on this whole thing of like writing for commercial products and I was producing other people's music. I had an indie label, in the in the 90s where i was producing a lot of blues and mm. r&b records mm -hmm. and um i just didn't have time and then after that all kind of wrapped up and i was sitting around um and i, I was i realized you know i have a recording studio here i'm still playing for really nobody i said i should just start writing again so that's when i started putting you know getting the idea of putting a band back together and um it took a couple of years, but I figured out, you know, what I wanted and what I wanted to do. And then eventually this thing known as the Dirt Nappers came out, you know, as a, <laughs> as a band. Where did that so, name come from? I, <laughs> um, I was, I, I used to go um, drink in a bar in uh, New York City on 18th Street, the Old Town Bar. And I was sitting at the bar um, one afternoon and uh, the waitress, um, Jennifer, came up to me and said, oh, man, you look really tired. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've just been busy. I said, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, it's quoting, right. you know, Warren Zevon. Right. And she goes, oh, yeah, when you take the big dirt nap. And I said, what? Oh, wow. And she goes, yeah, when you go take the big dirt nap. Oh, wow, I'd never heard that before. And I said, what a great name for a band of, like, old guys. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I ran back to uh, this office. I was working in a design firm um, at the time. And I just checked online. I said, is dirtnappers.com available? And I was like, okay, cool. If ever I, you know, get a, this band going, that's what the name is going to oh, be. Oh, that's great. So, oh, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, when you write jingles and and songs for film, I, I presume that those are um, there's a specific theme in mind. Uh, you know, somebody tells you something that they want it to say, or that kind of thing, which I would assume then is different than the organic process of a song. Uh, that you're going to, you know, three or four or five minute song that's got lyrics and music and it's part of a, a record. How do you differentiate the difference? Uh, is there a... Yeah, no, it is. It's completely different. One's like an assignment. One is like work yeah, here. Okay. Here's your parameters. You yeah. got to work with this. You know, I want something spooky. I want something funny. I, you need to tell, you know, a story about this or you have to incorporate this into it somehow. So I'm like, okay, you know, that, that, that's pretty good because then you, you could kind of work with that. It gives you something to start running with, mm -hmm. um, you know, but like the rock and roll tunes that I write, you know, or the, you know, just the music that I write now, like for the band and, you know, from a songwriting perspective, you know, it's, I think, I think it was Bob Marley who said, you know, I, I believe there's songs just floating out there and some people can hear them and they could grab them and mm -hmm. write them down or pieces of songs, which I always thought, yeah, so that's, that's actually how it kind of works. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I'll hear a phrase, I'll hear, um, I'll hear something and say, wow, that would be 
an interesting song. That sounds like a line from a song. That sounds like it could be a hook, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote this tune. Um, even a clown should know when the um, even a clown should know when the circus ends. I was walking down the street. I was listening to the radio uh, or to the news or something. And it was a report that the Big Apple Circus and um, the Barnum and Bailey Circus both went bankrupt the same week. Mm. This was a, a number of years ago, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wow! Like a, a bankrupt circus! What a what a great analogy for a bad relationship!" <laughs> and you know, this yeah. idea of hit me that like even a clown should know when the when the circus ends. You yeah. know, hit, and I was just like went with that. You yeah, know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how it happens. This is lucky. So you know? when that happens, do you write them down, record them to your phone? Like, do you then have a process <laughs> yeah. where you go sit with it and try to find the rest of it? Yeah, there's probably, you know, if there's other songwriters listening to this podcast, they're probably thinking the same thing. But you like, it's like you're speaking in tongues into your phone, into like the little <laughs> voice memos or whatever. Right, right. You come, right. Nah, 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 you come up with like this idea and then you, go, you run back to your room where you got your guitar or whatever and you're like, what was I doing? What was that? Right. You know, did yeah. I make it? But yeah, there's tons of that. And sometimes you'll just be noodling around on the guitar and come up with a lick and say, wow, that's kind of cool. So you record that. And some of them you go back to, some of them you, you know, you don't, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of become this like replacement for the notebook, which yeah. is yeah, right. both good and bad. Right. You got right. a lot of crap. There's a lot of trash on my phone. So. And then occasionally sometimes you lose it and then all those things go bye-bye when the phone crashes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm actually afraid of that. I, I actually back up all my voice memos. So Wow, that's cool. You know, yeah, yeah no, it's nuts. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. So as the Dirt Nappers, you've had three records, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. actually four, including the kids' record, but yeah, three grown-up records. Okay, yeah. all right. So. And and mostly Americana theme, kind of folk rock and roll. What? Where have you found your audience for that? At least pre-pandemic, anyway. What, what, what? Where did it fit? Um, well, you know, I mean, we are kind of a little bit of an older audience kind of band. I mean, you know, we're realists here, um, and it's it, it kind of actually sits pretty well, you know, in that Americana like roots rock and roll kind of feel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I mean, people said, "Oh, they, oh, it sounds like a Tom Petty song," or it sounds like you know. Um, could be a country song. Could, you know, I, I mean, I grew up listening to a whole bunch of different stuff. So there's a little bit of soul. There's a little bit mm -hmm. of country. There's, you know, definitely, you know, straight ahead rock and roll in there. So, um, you know, we've been really fortunate to be, I, we've gotten some decent airplay across the country and actually around the world, which is nice, mostly on like Americana programming, mm -hmm. um, you know, some free form stuff, but, you know, doing pretty well on the, on the Americana rec um you know radio charts which is nice you know mostly festivals or arenas what kind of audience or, or venues do you find yourself in <laughs> or, or the arenas in my mind um no I, I look i love just going out like tonight i actually have a gig um over a couple towns over just doing a solo acoustic thing yeah um, okay. which is which is great um and you know i I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a bar rat. I love going into a good bar and hearing a yeah. good band. Yeah. So I love being a good band in a good bar. You yeah. Know? Is that coming back in your part of the country? Um, yeah, I've been actually pretty busy. Someone said to me the other day, said, you're, you're playing a lot. And I go, yeah, actually, I'm playing more than I was like before the pandemic started. Oh, cool. It's okay. kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm 
just you know a couple gigs a month now, but it's um yeah, it's pretty busy um and it's nice because people are like calling saying hey are you available can you play and mm-hmm. it, you know it's a lot more solo stuff because uh you know places aren't really paying yet and there's not um you know yeah. i like to pay my band right you know, these guys are all working musicians yeah and, uh, yeah you know it's got to be economically workable also so so the new record is uh i guess um uh, instrumentally feels like the other things you do but lyrically it, it's uh kind of a a, a hard turn in in an interesting direction it, uh we're not kidding around i think is the name of it right tell yep. me tell me yep. about that and uh i the um uh, go dog go I, I my favorite book as a kid and so i found that video and i thought one of my favorite entertainers as a kid was elvis and i thought you cut the two things together that's so cool yeah but yeah elvis and i'm playing off of the hound dog right thing. right yeah. definitely you know we just went for the hardcore roots rock on that and johnny jake's vocal on that was perfect yeah that yeah, was great i love it <laughs> you're not the first person who said that go dog go was like their favorite book as a kid it's a it's a really great book it is um, yeah and the, visually it's just hysterical there's yeah, so much going yeah, on in, yeah. that, in, in that book um but yeah i mean uh, when i was writing stuff for um like uh, scholastic and sunburst and some of these like educational publishers you know they would ask us to write like songs about science and stuff we were like well I, you know i don't want to write like barney stuff or you know baby beluga stuff we we would my partner and i at the time we were you know running this production studio we would really like attack it like okay let's make rock and roll records for kids let's make a country song let's do a reggae tune. yeah um but not dumb them down in any way right. and um you know that's always been my approach and um this idea i had for doing like this basically a tribute album to some kids books was um you know i just wanted this to be um you know i mean a number of years ago i really had this idea that this was going to be a cartoon series kind of like um mm an MTV for kids books. Right, it's hard okay. to break into the kids book market. And I said, what if we put together these interstitial little animated music videos about books? Would it make people more aware of these different books? Uh-huh. And uh, I went to Viacom. I went to HBO, went to Amazon before they were even doing television and stuff. I said, would you guys be into putting this up on the internet or, you know, doing an interstitial on like Nickelodeon? They were like, what? We don't even understand this. <laughs> so I just like, forget i left that alone for years uh-huh. and then when the pandemic hit i said you know what i got all these demos we got to finish up these tunes i said what if we just put it out as a kid's record that you know really rocked and that's how it all kind of just started and i said to the you know the guys in the band i said you want to do a kid's record they were like yeah we'll do anything we're not doing anything now yeah and so yeah so it, that that kind of worked and um you know reached out to a couple of you know past people that we've worked with or that we knew we thought it would be fun to have some guest stars on the record and it just all kind of came together when did it come out so, um came out a couple of weeks ago okay so <laughs> it's really really recent then. no it just it just literally hit the uh radio ad date is actually was yesterday this okay. uh, monday okay yeah yeah we just finished uh you know packing up 100 envelopes and sending those out and in fact i'm running back to the post office today to get the european packages out though it's not going to be a big i don't think it'll be a big seller in europe for sure because they don't know these books you know right yeah so there's not too many people who know go dog go over in italy you know you think i, I don't know i i, I, I don't would, know you know yeah, i'm not would, sure what's been translated right yeah i would think uh well of course a lot of those are english-speaking countries 
too. So yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I don't know. What's the early uh, uh, feedback? Have you have you gotten any? I, I mean, I think they're great. You you uh, if you've been around those books, you obviously know the subject matter of the song. But outside of that, it feels like a really good Americana rock song. Yeah, no, no, we were aiming for that. We just wanted, and you know, the players we had on this were also, you know, really good too. So, I mean, you know, Charlie Giordano playing accordion is amazing. You know, he's Springsteen's uh, organ oh, player, yeah, accordion okay, player. Sure. Yeah, and and Susie Tyrell is uh, a you know fiddle player extraordinaire. Yeah, she's with Springsteen's band also, and uh, um, Tanya Elizabeth, another fiddle player, is playing with the Avid Brothers. So yeah, oh, we got sure, like. Yeah. Yeah, we got roots players on this record, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty it's pretty serious um across the board. So What's the um, goal with this project? How how far do you want to see it down the road? Um, you know, it's kind of like a like a passion project for me. Like, you know, I just wanted to do this because this was in the back of my head for all these years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, literally I used to my kids are, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s now and I was I used to go into their classroom and read a book and do a song. And so that's what I, that idea uh, okay. hatched. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, this was like years on the back burner. And, um, you know, I, I, what's my goal? I, you know, we put together this website to go with the record to just to, you know, if someone checks it out, there's a lot of stuff there for parents to, like, you know, you could get free kids music at your library, bring your kid to the local library. You're doing go dog, go, you know, there's a whole story thread in there about uh -huh. like cool hats and fun hats. Here's a hat making activity okay. for you. Yeah. You know, so so you know, honestly, if one parent ends up doing one of these activities or takes their kid to the library, hey, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, well, know, it's a great homeschool. What the tool. reaction was, yeah. I just don't know. You know, I don't know how people are going to yeah. react. <laughs> I never put out a kid's record before. Yeah. You know, that's cool. So I, I could see it being a great homeschool tool. Um, you know, with parents using, totally. wanting it to be a, you, you can mix all kinds of music and, and English and, and all that kind of stuff with it. So, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, so there's a bunch of lessons that you could, you know, tie to a lot of these books. Um, one of the books of five Chinese brothers was actually, has been banned um, in a couple libraries because wow. they say it's racist. Right, right. And I'm like, you know, okay, so the drawings are a little dated and it's from a time and place where maybe people weren't that sensitive to that issue. But I said, look at the story. This is about a family helping each other. Uh -huh. This is about superheroes. This is about, you know, five brothers with amazing powers that are helping each other. It's uh -huh. kind of, you know, there's different ways of looking at things. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. You know, awesome. anyway. So what's what's on the horizon uh, after this project? Do you have another uh, <laughs> Dirt Nappers well, record, uh, you know, the Americana style on the way? Um, I'm going to start doing birthday parties okay. for kids. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, definitely. Um, no clown work? <laughs> no clown work. No, no. Um, I, actually, I've been kind of trying to find some time to sit down and finish um, – kind of like the the pre-demos for the next dirt nappers record i just haven't had time literally this thing is you know because we produced the website i'm doing all of these videos and you yeah. know this uh, this like, took a lot of time um which is crazy but um yeah no 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 i i definitely i, I think originally i was thinking about just doing an, a short like little ep because uh -huh. i didn't um i mean doing records like full-length records is that's not, it's still daunting. I mean, I've done tons of them, and I'm like, 
still oh my god is this like this is a lot of work to do it right but i started sitting down with actually tony tino the bass player and uh we were just starting to feel through some songs and there's like okay here's like four tunes no actually this is a good one it's five tunes it's like so now i'm like okay now we're up to like six or seven songs so maybe we should just round it out to eight and do a full length album yeah okay so we're we're kind of kicking that around right now okay awesome so well I and certainly enjoyed the the music of this record. It's really cool. But I, I like the other stuff that you do too, and I wish you well with it. I I hope that the uh, we're not kidding around project finds finds some legs somewhere that you didn't expect it to, because I think it's um it's it's a great concept. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's kind of funny. I just got a note from the Children's Library Association, which is the big like American Library Association division for children's libraries, and they said, "Well, would you be interested in writing for our blog about this project oh, and why yeah. you did it?" Okay. Yeah, so I said, "Okay, that's kind of cool." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we shall see what happens. Yeah. Well, awesome, Frank. I, I appreciate you taking the time to share all this with us, and we certainly wish you the best. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and thanks uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about this. It's really great. So just spread the word, I guess. You know, if you know a little kid who likes to jump up and down and go crazy, this is a good record for That's them. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.